$99 and includes blood work and a medical consult. And if you start on testosterone the day of your appointment, your visit is free. Call 617-793-5000 or go to northeastmenshealth.com. We have four offices, Salem, New Hampshire, Dedham, Marlboro, and our new office in Woburn with 7 a.m. appointments. From the WEEI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to Christian Arcan on WEI. Sports Radio WEI, it's Arcan here with you for one more hour, taking you up until 4 o'clock. Then it's the Bradfoe Show. I used to be a small part of the Bradfoe Show back in my uh, previous stint here at WEI. Um, I love Rob Bradford. I'm so glad I get to see him today. Or is he even coming in? Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to be on remote like Curtis was? I was told that he's coming in. He's coming in. All right, all right. Can't don't, wait to don't quote me on that though. Get my <laughs> pause on the big bear when he gets in here. Uh, that'll be nice. I haven't seen Bradford in forever. Um, and he's making big moves too. Bradford. Making all sorts of stuff happen for himself. So uh, good for him. And uh, Bradford Show coming your way at 4 o'clock. Then I believe there's a little break. And then uh, 7 o'clock, you have BC football, BC and Syracuse. That's coming up later. Um, big college football day. Uh, there's Ohio State, Michigan, which has been a very good game. In the past, my uh, strategy has always been root for Michigan, bet Ohio State. <laughs> but can't get away with that this year. Not Not so fast. As uh, the Wolverines now lead at the end of three quarters, 24-20 to 20 over the Buckeyes. Still think Ohio State wins this game, but it's been a nice back-and-forth sort of game, kind of like Patriots and the Vikings was, which we'll get to in a second. I have one more hot college football take for you out there. Uh, as you may or may not know, well, you may or may not know this. Christian Fourier and I have many things in common. Uh, we're both named Christian. We both really enjoy the TV program Chronicle on Channel 5. Both big fans of Chronicle. And we both went to the University of Colorado at Boulder. I'd say that's three big things right there. Uh, we are both CU Buffaloes. He's older than me, obviously, so he was there before I was, but we both went to college there. And uh, you may not have seen this in the news because the only thing the Buffaloes are in the news for this year is being one of the, if not the, worst uh, Division One football teams in the nation. I mean, right up there if they're not. I don't know if some other team has usurped them for that uh, bottom spot yet, but they have been uh, they've been so bad this year. Uh, and I say that with all the love in my heart for my buffs, but uh, they've been they've been ass. So <laughs> they apparently they fired their coach, apparently have reached out to Coach Prime, Neon Deion Sanders, prime time, to come and coach the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, I know this is more Colorado Buffaloes talk than ever needs to be spilled on Boston Airways, but can I just tell you, if you if you know me at all, can I tell you how great that would be, how happy that would make me if Coach Prime came to Boulder and took over the Buffalo program? Oh, my God. that would, You'd be proud to be a Colorado fan again. Oh, that would be something. And I'm not even from there. I'm a Boston kid. Like, I did, you know, I just went to college there. But, oh, man, if Coach, if Deion Sanders took over that program, oh, it would make I'd just be a happier person in general, I think. I'd have a better disposition. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd be happier, I'd go to bed at night, happier. Just my life would be a happier life for me if that happened. 
And I don't really even care that much about college football because, like I said, I grew up in Boston. No one cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's college football. So what? Uh, and when I was at CU, I was, you know, there at a time when the team was a lot better, and I didn't care that much then either because it's college football, you know? <laughs> What's interesting about that, too, by the way, is that, like, I grew up in a time when the Patriots sucked, and I still don't care about college football, you know? Like, it's the same thing with the World Cup. It's this other thing. Like, I remember, of all people, Glenn Ordway, I remember talking about this years ago, saying, you know, I'm sorry we can't get into soccer, but we tried in this country. And he's right. We did. We really tried. Every kid in the world played soccer. Every kid in the world had to play soccer. You had at some point, like in kindergarten or first grade or whatever, they'd put you in a little uniform and cleats and they put you on a field and you played soccer. Every single kid in the world. Certainly every kid in America and also in the world. But like that's that's just something that happened. It's not like I know it's not super popular here in America, but it's not like the, the they didn't try to sort of get kids into it. Every kid in America played soccer. And it's still, like, the MLS is still just kind of there. Meanwhile, the NFL is more popular than ever, and the NBA is more popular than ever. And, like, you know, even the NHL, which only you can only play in certain places, like, you know, not anymore, but you know what I mean. It's only popular in certain places. And I'm sitting, you know, I'm watching this, I'm watching this World Cup game, a nil-nil draw, and I'm just like, ah, come on. You know, like, how is this so popular everywhere else? And everyone's throwing on Twitter that USA won. Like, that's that's a moral victory, right? I guess. They didn't lose. True. They haven't lost yet, right? Haven't this all been draws? Yeah, uh, against who did they play first? Undefeated. Uh, <laughs> they played, um, I don't know who they played. <laughs> I have no idea. Wales. 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 Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Going all through the, the, all through the empire. <laughs> one at a time. Going to take them down one at a time. King George and then the rest of them. Um, but, yeah, I just I can't. I can't get into it. I can't get into it. I don't know who's on the team. I don't care because even if there was some really fun player on the team, they were scoring any goals anyway. Like, you know, even if you're a soccer fan, like, can you watch that and be like, oh, this is great. Like, oh, man, another another stop at midfield. Oh, wow. The clock I, goes up instead of down. Yeah. Because I, I, ca- I called college hockey or college hockey, college soccer when mm-hmm. I was when I was in college and I. It was really fun because our team was filthy, so it made the job a lot easier. But go. still, it was you relied on other people. You would shut your mic off for a second. You'd go, all right, what just happened? <laughs> what's that rule right there? I know a red card and a yellow card. That's about it. Right, yeah. Red card, that's the bad one. Don't want to get that red card. Um, that's, I, I can't, like, you know. And same sort of with college football. Like, I'm watching this game. It's a good game. Um, I get more into college football when I know there's like a blue chip prospect playing in the game, like a quarterback or something. It's like, okay, I'll watch this guy. I'll watch, you know, <laughs> I'll watch Carson Wentz or I'll watch, uh, you know, Tua or I'll watch whoever, you know, I'll watch Trevor Lawrence. Like I'll watch these guys like that, things like that. But that's, that's about it. Yeah, that's really about it. Anyways, uh, this game, this college football game here is to me, reminding me a lot of that, uh, game Thursday night. A back-and-forth, high-scoring-ish affair where it seems like whoever has the ball last uh, is probably going to win the game. Lou and I talked about this yesterday, and it was mostly Lou's take, so I'll give him credit for it, even though I'm stealing it right now. Since when did the Patriots stop being able to win those type of games? 
You know, when when it's the last guy with the ball wins, usually you could count on Brady and the Patriots to win those. And I think it's deeper than just Tom Brady because, you know, in 2019, Brady wasn't winning those games. I feel like this is, oh, wow, uh, Michigan scored again. Uh-oh. My root for Michigan bet on bet on the Buckeyes thing is collapsing right in front of my eyes. I didn't do that today, though. I'm glad. I'm glad I stayed away from uh, stayed away from the bookie today. <laughs> I took them eight and a half. Joey the nose. You did? I did. Okay. Well, you took Michigan. Yeah. All right. There you go. Sorry. Should have. Yeah. Took Michigan <laughs> plus eight and a half. Very good. So I think you're. I think you're looking okay for that one. Then again, you see some of these fourth quarters. You know, on Saturday, <laughs> you think you got the overall lined up. All of a sudden, they score forty nine points combined in the fourth quarter. Like, there's still a lot of football left to be played here. But anyway, uh, that is a another touchdown for Michigan. They now lead Ohio State thirty to twenty with the extra point pending. Um. When the Bills needed Josh Allen to get them into field goal range to win that game, they said, here, Josh, take the ball and get us into field goal range. Win the game for us. And he did. And I feel like he's done that a lot of times over the last couple of years. There's been many instances of Josh Allen, fourth quarter comebacks. uh, You know, it's just sort of his ability to rise to the moment, make the throw, pick up the yards with his legs get out of bounds, throw it away, you know, little things that you sort of take for granted until you see, you know, guys on your team like Hunter Henry not being able to do it uh, to get out of bounds or Mac Jones sort of just sitting down in the middle of the field having to burn a timeout uh, when he could have just thrown the ball away. You know, just little things like that. But Josh Allen, I feel like, has really sort of got that clutch thing down. He's really got that clutch gene down. And they handed him the ball, and I know they needed a lot to beat Detroit, and that's not lost on me, but they did beat Detroit, and they handed him the ball and said, win the game, Josh, and he won the game. Uh, Mac Jones, in his career now, has one fourth-quarter comeback, one game-winning drive, and it was last year against Houston, who sucks. And whatever, I mean, it was Houston last year, and they're not good this year either, but it was the one that's a bigger point here is that's the one time that he's done that. And this is a guy who's got a pretty good record. I mean, it's not like he's, uh, you know, not like his uh, record as a starter is something to be ashamed of or shake a stick at. It's pretty good. But you sort of look at that and look at other details like that, and it does paint a picture of a guy that maybe they still don't 100% trust all the way. And Thursday night, I don't think that, even at the very end. Yeah, Mac took a bad sack at the end there, but he put a ball up for Nelson Aguilar that I feel like Aguilar should have had. And there's been a lot of people beating him up, and I think rightfully so, because, yeah, there was contact there on that route, but it wasn't necessarily defensive pass interference. Sometimes there's contact down the field, and they don't call it because the guys kind of just bump into each other. That happens. I mean, you know, like that's that's not always pass interference. And when it looks like it was sort of just incidental or, you know, whatever, then they're not gonna they're not gonna throw a flag on that. I think that's not exactly what happened with Hunter Henry. With Hunter Henry it was a little bit different on the play with the face mask. Could have thrown two flags there. They could have thrown a flag for that Henry one, but Smith kind of spun him around and was maybe two yards uh, further down the field than he was allowed to be. And uh there wasn't a good camera angle that showed whether or not he actually grabbed Henry or not. Uh all you saw was Henry go down and Smith kind of stumbled too. So I don't know. I mean could you say that one was a, was a bad one? Yeah, sure. They could have thrown two flags on that play. Fine. And if those two flags had been thrown, then maybe that drive would have gotten extended a little bit more, and maybe they would have scored. I don't know. I mean, I can't, you know, like, it's not like they were punching it in every single time they had the ball. 
a lot of drives stalled out. A lot of drives, you know, ended up in field goals. A lot of drives just, you know, wasn't going the way you wanted it to. And that's with the offense playing as well as it's played all year, right? I mean, that was their best game. And there were still plenty of drives where you saw him get into the red zone and just couldn't quite finish the drive off. And listen, I mean, that's it's been a problem all year. The red zone's still a problem. The offense got better. The offense looked better. A lot of aspects of it looked much better, but it's not perfect. It's not a perfect product yet. I don't think there's a perfect product in the NFL. And if there was, it's certainly not the Patriots and their offense. But... One thing you have to say is that, you know, Mac Jones and that offensive line looked completely different than they had each of the previous three, maybe four weeks against the Jets, against the Colts, against the Jets the other time. Uh, They looked totally out of sync. Mac Jones, you saw it. Orlovsky had that video. Well, his hitches aren't right, and the receivers aren't turning around at the right time, and, you know, Fourier was saying it's because the offensive line's letting – rushes in too quickly and Mac doesn't have enough time to go through his progressions and blah, 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 blah. I mean, we heard we heard all the excuses for him, and I do think people go a little overboard with excuses for Mac Jones, but in this case, I don't think it was, uh, you know, unwarranted. I think you needed to give him a break on some of those. But when, you know, when it comes down to is this team ready to make a push for the playoffs, you got to score in the red zone. Like, you have to. You have to score in the red zone if you want to be taken seriously as a playoff team. Like, that's that's basic stuff here. And you have a tough schedule to close out the year. You don't have you don't have a bunch of easy teams with un, you know sophisticated quarterbacks who don't know what they're doing. You don't have the Sam Ellingers and the Zach Wilsons of the world. The only breaks you really get coming up here are maybe Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy. We'll see who's healthy enough to play in that game. And maybe Derek Carr. And that's it. You know, that's it. You got Joe Burrow, who is the number one pick. You got Josh Allen twice. You got Tua. Uh, you know, like, that's it's not easy. That is not easy the road to hoe there. And I think that, you know, for the Patriots and this defense, they have to figure out what they are. Because this team was riding the coattails of their defense for about two months. And now? Now I feel like everyone's questioning everything they thought they knew about this defense, including me. I certainly am. But deep down, me and everyone watching all kind of recognize what we saw, right? Because we've seen this happen the last couple of years. They still got plenty of time left, and they got good teams that they can play. They have teams that they can prove that that was a fluke against. You go out there, have a good game against Buffalo, I'll shut up about what happened against Minnesota. I will. <laughs> they go out there, and without the help of a tornado and uh, you know snow and all that, Without the help of all that, if they go, if they take on Buffalo and beat them in normal conditions, I'm not going to be hung up on this Minnesota game. Same with if they do that against Cincinnati or Miami or any of the other very good offenses that they have still on the schedule. But they got to do it first. They got to do it first to prove that they're different from last year, that they're different from the boogeymen in 2019. They have to prove that they're not that. That there's something better than that, and that they can go toe to toe with some of these teams, and uh, and give Mac Jones and the offense a real chance. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. That's the phone number. Let's go to the phones and talk to David, who's in the car before the break. Hey, David. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for taking the call. So here's here's my my opinion on the Red Zone. What the Patriots are missing. I mean, it was a good game. The offense played pretty good against the. Um, you know, against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But you're missing in the red zone. You're missing guys like somebody who can, like Edelman, 
Amendola. Those type of players, Gronkowski, you know, the Patriots had those guys all those years that in the red zone, you turn to them. How many times did Tom Brady went to those guys for two-point conversions? You name it, in the red zone. We don't have any of that, and that's the problem. So the guys that we have now, they don't know how to open. They don't know how to go across the field. They don't know how to open themselves up so Mac can get him the ball. You know, if he gets the protection that is that he needs to get, mm-hmm. and that is that's the biggest issue. You have a play calling issue still, which is you know obviously um, Patricia, but but you know you have a decent team. The defense is playing okay. You know, I mean, I I think personally against the Vikings. I don't know. Kirk Cousins didn't hit the turf at all. He should have. There was no pressure on him. You know, th- those are all things that you have to. You're going to go up against the Bills. you got to put pressure on Josh Allen. If yeah. you put pressure on him, on him he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. David, thanks for the call. Thanks for uh, checking in. Um, I'm worried about the defense. I'm worried. And they have time to fix it, okay? It's not like it's over. But, man, if they were if they were trying to prove to everybody – that they weren't like last year's team and they weren't like the boogeyman and that they were going to do what they did against the bad teams and then go around, turn around, do the same thing against the good offenses in the NFL. <laughs> it was not a good start to this gauntlet of good offenses that they have to go face. And they weren't that great against Baltimore either or uh, or uh, against Green Bay, although they weren't bad in that game. They weren't bad against Miami either, but they weren't good enough. I'll tell you what. You know, this was that was something that this team relied on. They relied on to win games with their defense. That goes away, then they're going to have to rely on something else. And while Mac looked better than he's looked all year, I don't know if he looked like the guy you can just turn to and say, "Mac, win the game." Like the Bills turned to Josh Allen, or the Dolphins turned to Tua, or the Chiefs turned to Mahomes and all the other great quarterbacks in the league. You turn to them and say, "Win us the game," and they go out there and do it. Are you ready to do that with Mac Jones yet? After one good game, a very good game, albeit one good game. All right, you know, that that's where we are. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Quick break. When we come back, we'll talk with Tom King in the Nashua Telegraph. That's all coming up next segment. We're back to Christian Arcan on WEEI. It's 324 here. Sports Radio WEEI, Christian Arcan, 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Um, I just saw a tweet that I had to double check and make sure I wasn't getting fooled by some, like, you know, fake blue check mark. It's Mike Garofolo. It's really him. Not a subscribe to Twitter Blue, but really Mike Garofolo. <laughs> and he said something that I just honestly just blew my mind. Uh, as you know, Justin Fields told reporters this week, he said that, uh, I've been playing with a separated shoulder and torn ligaments in his shoulder, right? Um, which, wow, I mean, sounds painful. Uh, the Bears have not ruled Justin Fields out and could keep him in play until game time. But the Bears have now elevated Nathan Peterman to the active roster. Nathan Peterman. Of the Peterman catalog. Uh, you know why I that made me stop in my tracks, why I had to stop and, like, collect myself when I saw the name Nathan Peterman? Because Nathan Peterman 
is the universal answer to the question. <laughs> if this guy's in the league, then why can't Colin Kaepernick be in the league? <laughs> I swear to God. The fact that he's still playing, that Nathan Peterman is still has a job in the NFL. I hate to even do it because it's been so long now, but man, if that guy, <laughs> if that guy is on a roster, then why can't, why can't Kaepernick be on a roster? I swear to God. How, really? And I don't, I haven't said that in three years. But that to me, Nathan Peterman, if you see, look at this guy's football reference page. If you want a good laugh sometime, honestly, it's hilarious. Nathan Peterman. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the one guy who's still in the league that you can really look at and say, well, maybe Kaepernick's better than him. <laughs> you're going to keep this guy out of the league, but you're going to give this guy some reps. Really? People were saying that four or five years ago. Back when this whole thing was going on, it was, well, what do you mean yeah, you can't play? Peterman's got a job, <laughs> and now Peterman has a job again. This is amazing. This is really amazing. Um, he's not going to start. Uh, it's Trevor Simeon probably going to get to start against the Jets, four fields. But if something happens to Trevor Simeon, then Nathan Peterman is going to check into an NFL game. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow. I can't believe it. I really can't. Nathan Peterman. Oh, that blows my mind. It really does. Um, while we're on the subject of backup quarterbacks, does anyone, and this is, a, I'm not trying to bait you with this question. Do you think what Mac Jones did Thursday night is something only Mac Jones could have done? And I mean, in terms of the quarterbacks on this roster, like, do you think there's no way Bailey Zappi could have done that? Do you think there's no way Brian Hoyer could have done that? Brian Hoyer may be pushing it a little bit, but do you think there's no way that Bailey Zappi could have done that, really? Because I've had a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of people tweet this, oh, you, if you were one of those Zappi people, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should hang your head in shame, sir. And it's like, should I really be ashamed? Like, I was a Zappi person. Should I be ashamed of that? Now that Mac Jones, with eight additional games, uh, played and the season finally passed him for touchdown passes this year? He was stuck on four, and he just got to six to pass Bailey Zappi, who had five, and he had five in four games. I mean, am I supposed to be ashamed that I wasn't really thinking that Mac Jones and the season he was having was good enough? Is that shameful? Is that something you think I should be ashamed of? Bailey Zappi, by the way, against Cleveland had numbers that were very similar to Mac's numbers against Minnesota. And Minnesota's defense isn't some great defense either. Neither's Cleveland. But, I mean, like, what, you know, like, I'm not ashamed. Like, why not just be happy that you have two quarterbacks that seem like they're decent now? Because Mac Jones, for most of this year, was a bottom, really, I mean, 28th, 29th ranked quarterback in the league. And for a long time, he couldn't pass Bailey Zappi in touchdown passes, even though Zappi was not playing anymore. And Jones played several games in a row, like, you know, and that's not the only thing that matters when it comes to the quarterback position, but it's kind of important. Touchdown passes, that's something that does sort of register, I would say, a little bit, despite what some people may tell you. And, uh, yeah, I just, just all that to say this, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad or ashamed or anything about being a Bailey Zappi person. Um, I'm not convinced that Bailey Zappi couldn't have done at least a good portion of what Mac Jones did in that game. I'll tell you what, though. Neither one of those two guys can do anything in the red zone. Um, and with that, let's go to the uh, Harbor One hotline. We're joining us right now 
Uh, for the first time on my second stint here at WEEI, uh, the great Tom King of the Nashua Telegraph, who you may know as being the oldest man in the world. Tom King, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's great to talk with you. How are you? Well, you know how I'm, I know I'm old is when they have to really mince the turkey up at Thanksgiving now, you know? <laughs> put, put it in the blender, not, you not, give you a straw? Anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, almost. It's close to that. You know, it's, you can't tell the difference between the turkey and the mashed potatoes. Now. Right, yeah. That's, that's not good. Get the gravy in there, yeah. really, really liquefy the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> liquefy that bird, uh, Tom. Uh, it'll, it'll hit you. It'll hit you someday, Arkan. Oh, you'll I know. Hit. I'm getting there already. I barely made it. I barely made it up to watch this game, King. I could barely stay up till oh, eight thirty on Thursday night. I was you're, I was struggling. You are domestic now, right? <laughs> True. Yeah. Married, child, home, the whole bit. Lame. Do it all. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. This is it, you know. You're becoming me. Uh, I know, I know. Without, da- without the marriage of the kid, you the know? dad's right. You're becoming me. <laughs> the one day, the one day I really dreaded. Here it is, um, uh, Tom. Let's talk about this game. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are not as maybe down as they would have been if uh, if they had lost to another team or if the offense hadn't looked so good. Uh, where do you sort of stand on that? I think this was a, a revelation. I think in a lot of ways for the offense, but. It wasn't enough to win, and they got some tough customers coming up here. Well, I mean, the offense was performing against a defense that's really not that great, um, and you have to keep that in mind. And Minnesota is is you know their secondary isn't that great, and Patriots obviously what are they going to do? They're going to try to take advantage of another team's weakness. So, Mac Jones, you know, if if Mac Jones didn't have the game he had, then you should be worried. Uh, because also you're going against the deplete, you know, a secondary that's not that good, and you're also playing in perfect conditions. You're indoors. You don't have to worry about anything. It's not like it was the other day, or you know, when they played the Jets and the wind was blowing all over the place. So in my mind, you know, you have to keep that. You know, you have to be cognizant of that because everything fell into place for them offensively. Still. It was nice to see them have an offense for once and have them move the football. Uh, but you're right, though. I mean, the problem still remains. The red zone is the dead zone as far as the Patriots are concerned, and, and they're going to have to try to figure out a way around that. And, and by the way, it, nobody's really asked the question. At least I haven't been able to, to find out what, what, what happened or, or try to, to look it up. Jonu Smith was, was persona non grata in that mm. game. Why? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, he was used so much, especially in the first half against the Jets. They don't seem to have a way offensively to get those two tight ends involved equally in a game. You know, it, it, it Hunter Henry, it, it's either one or the other. Yeah. And the Patriots, you know, the, the, the confounding thing, Christian, about this offense, they have the talent to do much better offensively. It's not like they don't have you know, receivers. It's not like they don't have two good tight ends who can, can make plays. and Or two good running backs. Well, one is usually never healthy, and that's Damian Harris. But um, but they've got enough offensive talent where this team should be better than six six and five. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the biggest complaint I think everybody's had this season. But if they don't improve the red zone offense, uh, some of these games that they've got coming up, field goals aren't going to do it uh, because they are going to be playing some teams that have some decent offenses who could outscore the Patriots. So, and and they they ran into one the other night with who had a you know obviously a great obviously has a great receiver 
and they're going to face really good receivers. Yeah, as Belichick said, down the stretch, and um, you know, so there's a lot of questions to be had. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that you know, you look at the offense, and you are enthused by them hanging around in a game like that, but. I don't know. The past couple of weeks, what I've been hearing from Patriots fans as well, it doesn't matter if the offense is no good. It doesn't matter if Mac Jones has a bad game. They're winning, right? Well, now they didn't win, but that was a good showing by the offense. Like, where where do you sort of stand on all of that? I mean, is this is this season a, a season you think that they're still in, in play for a playoff run? Oh, they're obviously in play for a playoff run because if you look at it, there's, there's four teams that you're looking at right now, right? Yeah. The Jets, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Bengals. All right, two of those four are going to get in. Um, you know, I think the if you're going to watch a game tomorrow, the one game you should be watching is the Peterman game. <laughs> Peterman. Because of the Peterman catalog. Because, because the Jets have now, you know, finally wised up and saw that, that, you know, their quarterback that they started most of the season stinks. Yeah. And and so they're going to go with Mike White. And if White, who's, who's basically the, the, uh, the Jets' answer to Bailey Zappi, uh, if if Mike White, who's very polarizing, can can make some plays and win them a game, and they can get hot, the Jets could be you know a team in play for, you know could make make the playoffs. And if that happens, I don't know if you're going to get four teams in the division. And if the Jets are in, that means the Patriots would be out. So you have to look at it that way. I think the biggest game that you're going to see on the Patriots' schedule is going to be Christmas Eve against the Bengals. I think that, Why is that? that's a that's a huge game because it could be a tiebreaker game. Mm. Uh, Cincinnati's got a tough Cincinnati's got a tough schedule. You know they they've got to play some tough teams down the stretch. You know I mean right Pittsburgh, you know they've got to play Tennessee. That's the that's the other big game tomorrow yeah. is, is Tennessee. Right. That's you know then they've got to play Kansas City. So they got Tennessee and Kansas City. Who, in my mind, are the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, and they have Mixon out, too. He's out for those two games. Right. Or he's at least out for this one tomorrow. I don't know if he's going to be out for Kansas City, but he has a concussion, so probably. You know? Right. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, those are two big games right there, and they've got to at least go one-on-one. And if they don't, they've got a lot of catching up to do. So, and they've got Baltimore down on the schedule. They've got Baltimore, I think, on the schedule, too. Yeah, they do at the end of the season. End of the year, yep. Yep. So, and Buffalo, and they also have Buffalo. So it's not very easy for Cincinnati. So that big that game on the 24th is going to be on December 24th is going to be a pretty big one for the Patriots. Um, and I think I agree with what you said earlier in your show. I think 10 wins is what you, what it's going to take, unless these teams keep knocking each other off. Mm. You know, and then nine, you know, nine and eight with a tiebreaker, yeah. tiebreaker city, man. You know, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, we'll see. All right. It's going to be interesting. Okay. Sounds like you're a little more optimistic than I am. One of the reasons why I'm not as optimistic as you, King, is because I feel like the defense may have, don't take this the wrong way, exposed themselves (laughs) as uh, being the same kind of defense as we saw last year that beat up on the bad teams, 2019 with the boogeymen. I mean, this is starting to become a thing with this this organization. And uh, if they were setting out to prove that, you know, this team's different this year, and this defense is different. And watch us against these good offenses. That was a pretty poor start to that kind of campaign. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. But don't forget, you know, uh, seven of those points weren't there. So it, was, it belonged to special teams. Sure. So uh, the other thing with that defense is they need Matt Judon to have big games. 
Matt Judon is probably the best free agent they've ever gotten. And he's got to be somebody who can take the pressure off that secondary a little bit. Better than uh, Harrison? Better than Rodney? I think so. Yeah? I mean, longevity-wise, longevity okay. Rodney's, you know, I mean, let's see what Judon does down the road. But when's the last time the Patriots have ever had a guy who's, you know, basically the guy that when the quarterback, opposing quarterback hits the line of scrimmage, they have to say, okay, where is he? Mm. Right? Um, he, he, he could become that. If he stays here for a long period of time and does what he keeps keeps doing what he's doing, he could become that. Um, but, you know, in 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 the last 15 years, you got to say Judon's the guy. And if he can, can her, you know, harass the opposing quarterbacks, uh, that'll be a big deal. The Vikings did a good job against him the other night, I thought. I, did, I thought they did a really good job. And don't forget, when the Patriots struggled late in the year last year, what happened? Judon disappeared. He, I think he had COVID, and that really can affect you long-term yeah. a little bit. And I think that that affected him. He also had a couple injuries to deal with. So those things add up. But Judon is the guy. If he can really get in the backfield, he opens things up for some of the other players to make plays. And, again, the Patriots, big thing to them defensively, score. Score defensively or get turnovers and set up that offense the best way you can because you don't know whether that offense can, can drive the ball. But the questions that you have about Mac Jones remain, can Mac Jones take the Patriots down the field late in a game to win it? Can he do that? Have we seen him do that? I don't think so. Have we? I'm trying to think. Houston last year, I think, is the only one. Yep. And, and that's what, that's what you know, wins in the NFL these days. You know, I don't think he can do what Josh Allen did on Thanksgiving Day. You know, I mean, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? I'm watching that game, and I'm saying 23 seconds left. I said, that's too much time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time that, you know, that was ever the case? Mahomes until, against Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Year, well, until last year, right? Yeah. That, that started that, that whole trend. So I think the Patriots catch a major break Thursday night because Vaughn Miller won't be playing. Right. If Miller was going to play in this game, I think the Patriots would be in real big trouble. I no uh, Russo either, right? There. Right. No, yeah, yeah, so they, they got two breaks there. So I think I think the Patriots have a real good shot on Thursday night. I'd right. like to think that too, Tom, but, you know, the yeah. Bills didn't have Von Miller last year, and they kicked your ass two times, so it didn't matter, you know? Like, That's true. <laughs> they didn't need Von Miller That's to true, do that, what? yeah. Yeah, you know, but there – and there's a lot of football left to be played. Because what was Buffalo's record this time last year? Right. Seven and six. Yeah. You know, and they probably were a team that should have gone to the Super Bowl if they had they been able to, to, you know, they'd better coach down the stretch in that game against Kansas City. So, but Patriots still have a fighting chance. Um, and even if they lose on Thursday night, it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. I think they will win those two games out west. And then it comes down to what they do in crunch time, you know, and, uh, you know, starting Christmas Eve all the way through. All right. So. Uh, before we let you go here, Tom, I don't know if you saw this in the CBS broadcast or in the NBC broadcast or not, but apparently in the pre-production meeting, Bill Belichick <laughs> compared Ramondre Stevenson and his development to that of Tom Brady and Lawrence Taylor. Um, your thoughts. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't hear that. I, mean, I almost I fell off the couch. Earlier. I almost fell I off the show. couch when I heard that. Yeah, I, I mean the the. I mean the. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Um, I, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why he said that. He loves Ramondre Stevenson, and he didn't last he, year either, right? He absolutely loves this guy. And, I mean, if you ask him any question about Stevenson, boy, does he just go on with the superlatives. Hmm. So, and what? Hey, what's not to like, right? Sure. You know? I mean, Stevenson is good. If, if Harris were healthy, you know, everybody's wondering, who's that third down back they could I would rather have Harris be in the James White role. Really? Because Harris is great in space and he can take off. You know, and Stevenson can just batter, you know, can just ram you, ram you, ram you, and then get you so tired, you know, like typical big, big size running back that eventually he's going to break and, and break through. Um, and that's the way he is. But he can do so many different things. But Belichick loves him. I know that that's where that comment came from. I don't agree with it, obviously. <laughs> Taylor was a Taylor was a phenom right from his first year. Right. Um, Brady, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, that thanks every time. I, you know, when the Patriots play on Thanksgiving, I think that that's the day where Brady, I think, made his debut, wasn't it? I think that's the first NFL game he may have gotten into. Yeah, as a as, as a rookie. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't agree with that at all. Okay, well, figured maybe I don't know. Maybe it's something I was missing about Ramondre Stevenson. Well, there's one thing. <laughs> it is his second year, and that's when Brady developed more in his second year. So that's the only that's the only way you could compare that. You know, that's the only that's the only way you could do it. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we got to let you go here. Time are way over, but uh, thanks for jumping jumping out with me today. Uh, obviously, great to talk with you. I'm sure we'll be talking to you again uh, very often and soon down the line. So uh, thanks a lot. All right, Christian. Thanks. Looking forward to it. All right. That's once again Tom King of the Nashua Telegraph joining me here on the program. If you like what you heard from Tom, you can follow him on Twitter, even though he's really old and doesn't quite understand how it works. Uh, it's at Telegraph underscore Tom K, which is an old guy's Twitter handle. I mean, come on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, once again, Tom King. Joining me here on the program. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Got one more segment left. Got one thing I want to get off my chest. And then I turn it over to uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the Bradfoe Show. It's coming up uh, right after this. You're listening to Christian Arcan on WEEI. Sports Radio WEEI, it's Arkean here for a few more minutes. I was going to give you a World Cup update. Argentina has now taken a 2-0 lead over Mexico as we uh, get to the closing minutes of the uh, Group C. I don't know what this is. That that was me like trying to pretend like I know what's happening in the World Cup. I don't know anything. What's going on in the world? Do you want to tell me what's happening? Uh, Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Uh Soccer is soccer. It is not football. They're kicking kicking balls. The Americans are... are, uh, It's a deluge of Americans into Qatar just screaming and yelling, this Mm. is soccer, not football. I I will say this, Christian. Good to see you, by the way. Good to see you. This is the voice of Rob Bradford, which you already know that, obviously. Good to see you after eight years. But I haven't seen you in person in, I don't know, five, six years. When did you leave here? 2017. All I remember is a late night phone call I had with you, uh, and uh, and I never saw you after that. That's right. But uh, I, I I you were one of my favorites. All we've have been. And, oh, thanks, man. And you know I was so happy that you were coming back, and it's it's going to be awesome that you're going to be around. But um, yeah, the World Cup. Yeah, right. 
You know what's funny? I just, as you walked in, I remembered this. The first time I ever worked with you in my previous iteration here, it was you and me on the weekend. And for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, previous management would never pair me up with anybody. I was always just flying solo, either at night or they'd give me some weekend shift and it was just me and that was it. And that was just what I, that was my lot in life. And then one day they said, you're going to have you working with Bradford. And I was like, great. Okay. I'm working with like the baseball guy. So I started researching like which pitches Rick Porcello likes to throw and all these things and really getting like nerdy about it, getting deep in. And I remember I sat down with you and I was like, so Rob, you want to talk about Rick Porcello? And you're like, I don't want to talk about that stupid crap. And we talked about like painter's hats or something oh, yeah. for the entire oh, show. Listen, if, you, if we want to pick up where we left off, I mean, how did it all change in the bleachers, Christian? Exactly, where all of a sudden yeah. you went from people with no shirts on, painted hats and cut off jeans to, <laughs> so to you can't, you can't touch the person next to you. Anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. That was many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I always like, you know, listen, I mean, you know as well as I do, there's times where you're like, I'm paired with so-and-so. Okay, right. I'll power through. I don't think that anyone's – it's so bad where – well, I'll take that back. There's I, a couple <laughs> jumped to mind where I'm like, I just like, I do not want to do this. But you, you have to do it at certain stages in your career. But sure. I, I can honestly say every time that I knew that it was going to be with you, we knew that it was going to be fun, man, because this is what it's all about. Yeah. And it's, it's just about sitting down, doing exactly what we're doing now, talking about painter's hats or whatever it is, <laughs> talking about the World Cup. I do want to say this. And I heard Ken and Curtis uh, break this down or, or surface this. And I love this. A little behind the scenes, Christian. Mm-hmm. Ken calls me at 8.30 in the morning every every Saturday, right? He's like, what do you Just got? Just to say hi? No, no. What yeah. do you got? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. And then like clockwork, well, one thing I know to be true in life is from 9 to 9.15, I will hear exactly what I said. To Ken, to Ken at eight thirty, and then Curtis will like take it another direction. It'll be over anyway. So we said, I think World Cup. To me, the World Cup. Every time it comes up, it's it's all of a sudden it becomes interesting, and I think it's even more interesting because of social media, because it's it's like this bizarre dynamic of Qatar of all the rules and right. regulations and and listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Barstool has had a huge influence on this. The bar, the way the Barstool's treating this, with those guys going over this and making fun of it, but it's more than that. It's all of this, and so my wife and I go to Lord. Wait, Barstool's in Qatar? They were PFT, really? Yeah, yeah. They were out there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think PFT and that whole. Yeah, I think actually there. they had to come back, but yeah, yeah, I know. Did they get detained? <laughs> no, well, it was very. It was very. I think they were all in like geez. revolutionary war costumes. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Wow. But that, but that's my point. Andrew. I mean, that's funny. Yeah, yeah my, that's my point. Is <laughs> is that you go there and it's a whole scene and and it's a nice breakup in the middle of 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 the usual Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, whatever. But I, my wife and I went to Lord Hobo to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, and all you're doing, and tell me if I'm wrong, all you're doing is you're just saying, I was actually practicing on my phone of how quick I could get the video up on my phone <laughs> because when a goal happens, you just have to get the video of people freaking out. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. So all I'm right. very good at that right now. Okay. All right. All right. So Dang. there you go. There's my World Cup update. Very good. They got to beat Iran in Tuesday. I know <laughs> that. What do you got today? Baseball, man. Rick Porcello. Two-seamers. Rick two-seamer, yeah. No, it's uh, – <laughs> one of the things is – and you tell me – I actually, I studied that, I'm, I No, you didn't. And you know what? And I got a feeling <laughs> that you probably aren't alone in, in, in people, like, being in that dynamic, oh, you know, I, I got to break this down with Brent. Yeah. I don't want to look no, stupid. No, man. Now, what, what, this is, <laughs> so one of the things we're going to do is what we did – I think it was last time we had this show, this shift – 
we had on John Schreiber, John Eight Mile Schreiber, okay. and we just said, hey, listen, we got to find this guy new walking music because Edwin Diaz, Timmy Trump, it's a big yeah. thing. So we did this, and predictably, when you do something like that, you get a, a ton of calls of mm-hmm. suggestions. Then we had Eight Mile Schreiber come on at 530, and he, we got the finalist, and he picked the song, and we did God's Work, which is Find John Schreiber, a new walking song. Okay. Well, we're going to do the What'd same. What'd you land on? Oh, I'm going to show... Mud shovel? Is that a thing? Shovel. I'm going to show it to you. Puddle of mud? Well, not puddle of mud. Not puddle of mud? I'm gonna, I'll show it to you. Okay. It was good, though. It was solid. Um, so we're going to do the same process. We want to. By the time we get to spring training, we want to go through the entire Red Sox bullpen. Uh, <laughs> Jolie uh, Rodriguez is probably next. But Zach Kelly is calling in at 5, so I encourage people to call in from 4 to 5 with your suggestions because Zach Kelly actually has a good one by... Um, it, it's called Devil... By something shine. Do you know this? Are you a music guy? No. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, you not uh, much lately. But okay. Yeah. But you, I don't know you, what the kids. But are you. Listening but to. you know as well as I do. Everyone loves a good walk-in music. Definitely. So that's what that's we're gonna do the yeoman's work today. Okay. And uh, and we'll also talk about Xander Bogarts because Xander Bogarts said on the record that the Bradfoe show was his favorite podcast. Well, there you go. Mm, there All you right. Go. Thank, uh, good seeing you, though. You think that'll still be the case when he's playing for the Giants? Uh, sure. <laughs> Listen, we, we, it, it, it reaches far to... I gave him a free T-shirt, so you know what? T-shirts are very powerful. There you things. go. By the way, I, I could use some T-shirts, too. I, I, You and Andrew, like, this is what one of my to-do list today was bring you guys in baseballs and boring T-shirts. You will have a multiple... And, by the way, hoodies coming out. Maybe you'll have the first Outstanding. Yeah, you That'd will, be great. But you have to prove it. Baseballs and boring. All right. Do you believe that? I don't believe you believe it. I like baseball. <laughs> there you go. You're sold. sold. There, you go. Oh, there you go. All right. There it is. Uh, Rob Bradfoe and the Bradfoe Show coming your way, uh, taking you up until 6 o'clock. you got BC football coming later on tonight as they take on Syracuse. That's all for me. I want to say thanks to Tom King. Uh, I want to say thanks to Dan Greenberg. And, of course, thanks to Andrew behind the glass and uh, also Nick, who was here earlier. That's all for me. Bradfoe Show coming up next. I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye.